What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 20. 2-0. We're in the 20s, guys, okay, of Calling All Crap Beer. I am your host, Luke. And um, for week, the second week in a row, I'm apologizing. And uh, let me explain why. So um, one of the Facebook groups that I'm a part of, Crap Brew Junkies, awesome group of dudes and ladies. It's amazing. Over 7,000 people. Um, definitely a awesome place to uh, learn about craft beer and just become part of a craft beer family. It's been pretty amazing to be part of these guys, and I'm looking forward to uh, being part of it for a long time to come and getting to know more people throughout the time that I'm a part of it. But tonight, one of the admins opened up Chugs. Now, let me explain to you what that means. So when an admin says it's time to chug, you chug. <laughs> and this is the first time that I've actually been able to put together a video and put my own chug video out there because every other time they've ever tried to do something, I haven't been home or I haven't been available or I haven't had beer, to be quite honest. Um, you know, after coming back from six months without work to get back to work, you know, I've said multiple times on other shows that it's been a constant struggle of just balancing life and getting back to where I'm supposed to be. So I actually picked up a four pack of Loop Yulin River um, double IPA from Knee Deep Brewing. You know, great. Um, it's just a great traditional, regular, you know, piney IPA. Fantastic. You know, just one of those ones that you can enjoy. It's a shelfie in this area, pretty much. Uh, Mosaic and Simcoe hops. 8% ABV. It's nice and bitter, has a good snap to it, and a little malty finish. Just a really good brew overall. Um, I actually rated it a 4.01 untapped in case anybody wants to know. Um, I had a four-pack. I drank one yesterday. So here I go. Get the first one ready. Get my video done. Chug it. I'm good. And I'm like, that video sucked. I hated it. Everything about it was terrible. It just didn't fit me. It didn't show my personality at all. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it again. So I grabbed beer number two and uh, got it set up, got it ready, you know, got the chug video done and uh, did have a little bit more head on the beer than I wanted to because I poured it pretty fast. So I thought I was done. Still had a little bit left in the bottle, in the in the in the glass, did finish it up. But I put out a good chug video, you know, kind of was able to incorporate some of my personality a little bit more into it, was satisfied with that, posted it up. Good to go. So then I'm staring at the last one and I'm like, fuck it. Why not? Pardon my French again. Um, let's do it. So I chugged number three. So that's three, 8% I, I be, uh, 8% ABV IPAs in 20 minutes <laughs> and, um, haven't had a lot to eat today. So that's probably going to become evident the more that we get through this podcast. So why not live dangerously? I move on to. Evil Twin Brewings, Bozo Beer. This is an Imperial Stout. And, uh, folks, it's 17.2% ABV. <laughs> so, um, this is going to be an interesting show. Just for those of you that are out there wondering what we're going to talk about. And, uh... <clears throat> I must say, it is boozy as hell but it is absolutely delicious and it does have a sting to it where, you know, you take a sip of this Bozo beer and it's, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a liquor-ish, you know, where you get that kind of moonshine burn going down the throat. And, um, but it's absolutely delicious. It's very coffee forward. I don't really taste a whole lot of anything else at this point. I got a little booze and some coffee. So, um, looking at the can, it talks about this ridiculous screwballish imperial stout has hints of molasses, lactose, chocolate, almond, hazelnut, vanilla bean, cinnamon, oak spiral, chili, marshmallow, muscovado sugar, and coffee made for bozos. Well, I'm a bozo because I'm definitely doing it. And um, it's amazing. I really do enjoy it. But at this point in time, I'm going to let it, you know, warm as the podcast goes. But right now, I'm getting nothing but coffee. Coffee and booze. And, uh, ah, you know, actually on that sip, I got a little chocolate, a little vanilla finish. So very good. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, as we all know, especially with these higher ABV stouts as they warm up, tend to get more flavors. So going to kind of dive into this last week. It has not been a big beer week for me. Okay. I've been busy, a lot of stuff going on with work. And, um, so I've only had the Lupulin river that we already talked about that I use for my chug videos on, um, Call, uh, Crap Brew Junkies and Star Dragon, which is a triple IPA from Anchorage Brewing. It was the second Anchorage Brewing beer that I got from my second box from Tavern. This is a 11.4% triple IPA, and whoo, I I could drink all of those all day, every day. Super, super smooth. A lot of mango flavor on the front end. Finished up with a uh, just an air of bitterness on the back end, little boozy, and super floral aroma. You know, it was just really, really aromatic. Had a lot of good scents coming out of it, and I had might have tasted a little bit of what I perceived to be stone fruit. Um, seemed to be a little bit more mango forward, but it was really, really good. Eleven point four percent ABV, and um, it was a. Uh, just enjoyable. Actually, I'm sorry. I wrote down triple. It's actually a quad IPA is what um, Anchorage Brewing actually characterizes it as. So if I put this on a pedestal next to the last quad IPA I had, which was um, Phoenix Tears from 450 and Phoenix Tears, man, it it has a bad rap. You know, I get a lot of people who have had it. um, I've even noticed on Crapper Junkies that a few people that have uh, reviewed it have, uh, not been the biggest fans. And I'm going to tell you what, man, it is up there on my goat list. One of my best beers ever had. Now, everybody has a different palate when it comes to beer. So it is not an easy um, conversation to have with somebody when it goes to, you know, talking about beer, because like I said, we all have different palates. And what's important to remember is that nobody's wrong. It's what you like and what you don't like. You know, I may have one beer and hate it and somebody else may love it. I've had I've seen people post up about beers that they have called drain pours. And I'm like, damn, I like that beer. But it also comes down to how old it is. You know, it could have been a bad batch. Who the hell knows what happens? But um, Phoenix Tears is honestly a goat for me. You know, it's one of those top 10 beers of all time. I rated it a 5.0 on untapped. There was nothing about it I would have changed. It was a little bit on the sweet side, which is what I've I think I've seen that's been a complaint from some people is they have questioned its 
strength because of the, because of the lack of booziness to the beer. And I did too. You know, if you guys remember when we talked about it on the on one of the previous podcasts, I discussed how the only thing to me that was concerning about the brew itself was is it really 12% ABV because it just didn't taste like it. You know, and granted, this is 17%, this Bozo beer that I'm drinking right now, so 5% heavier, but you talk about a beer like this, I mean, this is booze forward, <laughs> and you look at something like that, this 12%, <clears throat> and um, there wasn't an air of booziness to it at all. It was a very enjoyable, very easy drinking, very smooth, you know, it had a just perfect consistency to it. I was just really, really in love with... Uh, Phoenix Tears from 450 North, and I would die to get my hands on some more of it, but I know it was such a season release that I, you know, coming across anymore is probably slightly impossible. So, um, mm. this thing is just getting better as it warms up. Now I got a lot more vanilla, definitely more coffee, kind of lost the chocolate <clears throat> on that note, but I definitely tasted a little bit more vanilla forward and a nice coffee finish, bitterness. You know, with that uh, that warmth of booze on the back end. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to talk about the world and the state of where bullshit is to this day. So I'm not going to get into politics. You know, politics is frustrating to me right now. But let's talk about the world a little bit. Let's talk about how and a lot of people that I've noticed are leaning towards talking about how um, how difficult you know Democrats are and how difficult liberals are and how they're they're not accepting of other people's views and terms and da 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 and blah 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 whatever. Well, being someone who you know looks at a lot of news, looks at a lot of videos, looks at a lot of stuff that's out there, you know, you may not see conservatives attacking people, but I see a lot of conservative you know physically. But I see a lot of conservatives talking shit and attacking people online. And it's frustrating to me because, you know, it it just drags us all down to kind of that same level of, you know, of non-acceptance. And it frustrates me because you want to stand above and you want to be that person that accepts people and understands that we have varying opinions and that we all live in kind of different worlds. And I know what I mean by that. Obviously, we all live in the same world, but we all view and have perspectives from different angles. So when you look at things like politics, you know, which is a huge pain in the ball sack, um, it's we have this opportunity for us to be accepting of the other side, whether we agree with them or not. But in order for us to find a balance, there has to be an air of acceptance. You don't have to agree with somebody. You know, how many times have we all used this, com- this uh, you know, the notion of we can agree to disagree? I mean, I use that shit all the time. So at the end of the day, it's I have a conversation with somebody and it's like, hey, listen, like we can agree to disagree because I don't have to agree with you. And, you know, why is it that we can accept the fact that there's someone who's a Washington Redskins fan, someone who's a Miami Dolphins fan and someone who's a Philadelphia Eagles fan? But we can't accept somebody who has differing opinions than us on, you know, situations within the world, whether it be immigration or it be abortion or it be whatever the hell is going on out there. It's OK to have a, a hard stance because I have a hard stance on a lot of things. We've talked about that in previous shows, but 
It doesn't mean that I'm not going to sit down and listen and have a conversation with somebody and appreciate and respect their views. I don't have to agree with you. You know what I mean? And I can tell you to your face that I do not agree with you. But attacking somebody and fighting them is not the way to win them to your side, so to speak. And I use air quotes when I say that because the idea of winning somebody to your side is pretty silly, especially in this day and age, because I feel like a lot of people are so cemented in their beliefs that it's very difficult to pull anybody from a different um, belief structure or pattern or whatever the hell the case may be to pull them over to your side because they all have so much stuff going on. And there's 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 usually a reason or an underlying issue that has caused somebody to be so strong in a certain belief. They've either had gone through something traumatic or they've had a situation in their life with a family member or a friend or something like that that has pulled them to that side and and cemented them so firmly and planted them in that spot that they don't want to move. You know, it's not it's not as simple as just uprooting a tree and moving it to a new spot and planting it somewhere else. When somebody has gone through traumatic situations and and frustrations, you know, as someone who grew up with a homosexual father and dealt with that situation and lost my dad at a young age because of, you know, AIDS, it's, uh, I don't have a, I'm very much the opposite. I don't have a hatred for gay people or people that have, um, you know, that, that have that, that thought process, but I see it from a different viewpoint. I see it from a different light. I see it from the way that I, was traumatized by it and how it affected my life. And it makes it hard for me to understand, especially situations where same-sex couples are adopting children, you know, and things like that. Because to me, it's... Now, I do understand one thing, and I'll kind of backtrack a little bit and say, I do understand how if somebody is raised in a certain circumstance that that becomes normal to them. So let's say if you're raised in a situation where you have two mothers or two fathers, that may be okay to you because that's what you're, you've known your entire life. But what do you start, what do you tell these, these, these children when you take them to school events and things like that? And you see other children with a mom and a dad, you know, it just becomes, it just, it, 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 it's so frustrating for me to understand how you can potentially be put in that situation. Because for a lot of years, I was embarrassed by my father. You know, I loved my dad. I loved my dad and I still love him to this day, you know, even almost 30 years after his passing. But I love my dad with all my heart. And I believe that he was a genuine, you know, amazing person. And I feel like he had a heart of gold. But for a lot of years, I was embarrassed by my father. I don't want to tell people that my dad was gay because I, I didn't, I, I was so confused at the whole situation that I didn't understand you know what it meant. I didn't understand why he was the way he was. I didn't, I didn't, a lot of that stuff just kind of like pulled me for a loop because I didn't know how to respond or how to handle it or what to say. And I feel like, you know, by allowing certain situations like that to happen, we're putting children in the situation where they're going to ultimately be confused. And I, and, and, you know, you can disagree with me all you want and I, and Hey, it's all good. But I don't care if you grow up from, you know, two months old to 10 years old with two dads or two moms. And then before you finally kind of get thrust into the community and see that most of the other kids have a mom and a dad, that's going to cause you to feel some kind of way. That's going to cause you to question, you know, your situation and what you have going on. And, and you're going to come home and be like, Hey, you know, dad and dad or mom and mom, like what's going on? Like, why does Johnny have a mom and a dad? Why does, you know, Lorraine have a mom and a dad? Why am I the only one in my class that has two dads or two moms? 
And I think that puts the parents in a very difficult situation because now their child feels outside of the norm. They feel different. They feel excluded from, you know, what a lot of other kids deem as being normal. And I think that's a difficult situation. But I also understand that it's okay because every kid is unique in and of themselves. So it's okay for them to have their own identity. I get that. But, you know, it, it just it just makes it difficult for me because I know how I felt as, you know, a young man growing up, knowing that I had a homosexual father. It was embarrassing. You know, my sister embraced that shit and rolled it and, ro- and rode the train and jumped on the bandwagon when Chick-fil-A said, you know, something it wasn't even really homophobic or horrible that they said, but they said something about their Christian beliefs that had something to do with gay marriage or whatever. And everybody went off on a rocker and started boycotting Chick-fil-A. Um, and my sister was part of that. You know, she was one of those people that was posting about it online and telling people to boycott Chick-fil-A. And I'm the one in the background, like, bitch, shut up. What the hell is wrong with you? You know, like you don't have to go off on a tangent and act like some fool just because you don't agree with something. I have, you know, friends that are gay and lesbian and I love them. They are phenomenal pieces of my life. I would not ask for anything different. You know, they are wonderful people and I love them and I would treat them just like family each and every day. Doesn't mean I agree with what they do or the decisions that they make, but it's in my opinion and I'm and I'm not equating that situation to, you know, drug addiction and 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 things like that. But you look at, you don't have to agree with something that somebody does to love them. You know, a lot of us have family members that may be, you know, drug addicts or criminals or, you know, whatever. And we don't agree with what they do, but we still love them. And that's, you know, and and that's the only reason that I'm using that as a euphemism, you know, to kind of say, you don't have to agree with what somebody does in order for you to love them. But in the same respect, I think it's very difficult when we kind of get put in that spectrum and have to choose, you know, ultimately, do we agree with it or do we not agree with it? Because I don't think it's a fair statement. It's not a fair statement to ask somebody, do you agree or disagree? You know, with certain circumstances, especially depending on what your life path was and what you went through, it's okay. I'm allowed to disagree with gay marriage. I'm allowed to disagree with homosexuality in a whole. I'm allowed to disagree with abortion. I can have my own opinion. You don't have to agree with me. I don't hate you. I love you. But in the end, at the end of the day, I'm entitled to my own opinion, you know? So, and I hate to bring it back to the political spectrum because God, it feels like that's, what's been kind of on my mind so much lately, but I think we have so much crap, you know, going on in the, in the news and the media with like, you know, with just trying to tear us apart as a country. And it kills me because I look at stupid shit like the Mueller report, you know, with Donald Trump. And, you know, I've said this before. I don't agree. I don't believe in everything that Donald Trump stands for. I don't believe that he's the end all be all. He's a savior of the United States. I feel like all politicians to some degree are crooked are you know, whatever. And Donald Trump being a billionaire, I think, and, and a successful businessman, even though, and having tons of failures before he entered into the White House, I think puts him in a unique situation to where he has a very different viewpoint than a lot of our past presidents have. And I feel like he has accomplished a ton. I mean, the fact that unemployment's almost at 0%, you know, um, uh, women and minority, you know, jobs are, are, are at the highest levels they've ever been at. Our economy's doing fantastic. Foreign relations are amazing. You know, this dude has honestly made traumatic, I mean, 
fantastic strides in the right direction as the president of the United States. And anybody who looks at his presidency and doesn't agree with that is just simply wrong. But that doesn't change the fact that him as a person, you know, has made mistakes, has has said things he shouldn't have said, has has erred in certain circumstances. And that's okay, dude. We're all people. We all make mistakes. You know, one of the things that everybody keeps leaning on with the Mueller report is like, you know, the, that one quotation that he says where he's like, oh, you know, my presidency's over. I'm fucked. Okay. Well, look at the end of the day. And the fact that he kept trying to kind of move people around and make sure that he had the right people in place through the investigation. What a lot of people need to understand is simply this. Okay. If you're a conservative Republican president, who's being investigated and 90% of where the focus is coming from for that investigation is from the Democratic Party, you're going to be freaked out. You're going to be concerned. You know, imagine if you were under investigation for something stupid and you find out that the person leading the investigation is that one neighbor that hates your guts, that one neighbor who is constantly calling the cops on you because your music's too loud, you know, complaining about stuff in your front yard, calling the, you know, the, the, um, calling the homeowners association every time your grass gets, you know, a centimeter too long than it's supposed to, you know, we all have those neighbors and those people that just drive us insane. Well, imagine if you found out that that person was the one who was leading the charge against you. That's scary. That's frustrating because you know, at that point that they are going to do everything they possibly can to try to, to shed you in a terrible light in any way possible that they can. And I believe in my heart that that's what President Trump's biggest concern was, is he wanted to make sure that the people that were leading the investigation were objective, that they were going to do their job, provide the details as necessary, but do it in such a way that was that was objective and bipartisan to both parties, that it wasn't going to be, you know, that we're going to tear them apart and do whatever we can solely for the Democratic Party to make the Republicans look like shit. And I think a lot of people take a lot of the the report out of context and say, you know, that a lot of the things that were done were malicious and were, you know, that he was obstructing justice and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's okay to be concerned. It's okay to want to make sure that the people that are in the places that are that are controlling the investigation are coming from the right spot that are that, you know, that are that are objective and they're coming from the right uh, they're coming at you with the right perspective, that they're not solely looking to destroy you, you know, because at the end of the day, regardless of what anybody says, our judicial judicial system is based around innocent and through proven guilty. But I think a lot of Democrats and a lot of the liberal, the crazy, you know, um, left Trump has been guilty since day one. They didn't give him the benefit of the doubt. They didn't give him the opportunity to be proven, you know, wrong from minute one, he was colluding with Russia. He was obstructing justice. He was doing this. He was doing that. And it's all been because President Trump is doing what no other president in history has done. And he is calling people on their bullshit. And at the end of the day, that's what's happening. President Trump is not a racist. President Trump is not a xenophobe. President Trump is not a bigot. He is a human being who loves everybody and cares about the country and is working his ass off to try to make the country better. Is he perfect? Hell no. Is he the best public speaker? Hell no. Does he have issues and has he made mistakes in the past? Of course, he's a human being. We all have. 
what most presidents in the past have been able to do is cover all that bullshit. But Trump has been in the media for so long because of who he was prior to being the president that it's easy for them to dig up dirt on him. You know, and that's been that's my thought process. But like I said, I don't trust politicians, period. I don't agree with anybody, you know. Um, hmm. Bozo beer is just getting better as it gets warmer, man. That is, uh, hmm. I got a little molasses in there. I got a little vanilla. I kind of taste a little cherry, which is like that almond flavor. Now that it's gotten a little bit warmer, really good. I'm actually enjoying this, but the booze is still just kicking my ass. That back end, woo, that booziness is strong. So, and I know, and I, I'm sorry, guys. I have apologized 25 times that I was not going to make this podcast about politics and, um, kind of going back and talking about President Trump and all that stuff. I know I'm doing it again and I apologize. It's just what's in the world right now and what's going on. And again, you guys do not have to agree with me. You guys do not have to listen to my podcast, you know, and I genuinely apologize if anything that I'm saying is offending anybody, because at the end of the day, that's not my, my focus is not to piss people off, but I'm going to get my viewpoints across, you know? So talking about beer to kind of get off the political piece tomorrow 420 which i know to a lot of you is uh you know national marijuana day you know burn the house down day i'm not a pot smoker so that's not a thing that i really look to on 420 but tomorrow at tripping animals brewery in doral florida it's eerie jungle day and i am so 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 excited about this um there's going to be a ton of breweries there. They're going to have, I think, 20 breweries. Everything from like Calusa to let me actually give you a rundown of the breweries that are going to be at the show, Erie Jungle. And it's going to be a pretty awesome lineup of phenomenal breweries. Let's see what we got here. I got the flyer saved in my phone and I'm just trying to bring it up real quick. So we got Jay Wakefield, we got Goldstream Brewing, we got Beat Culture, we got Calusa, we got Biscayne Bay, we got Civil Society, we got Bangin' Banjo, we got Invasive Species, Three Sons Brewing, 26 Degree Brewing, Odd Breed Wild Ales, Lincoln Beard Brewing Company, MIA, The Tank, and Spanish Murray, along with Tripping Animals. So, just a phenomenal lineup of breweries that are going to come together. It's a $50 ticket um, to get in, and it is, for 50 bucks. you get a a sample glass or like a four ounce, five ounce glass, I believe from tripping animals and it's unlimited samples throughout the entire time that you're there. And I believe I want to say, I think it's 11 to four, 12 to five, something like that. It's around that time midday. So I'm super excited about going and checking this thing out. It's definitely going to be an awesome day for just to be involved with in the, in the craft beer community period. And then some of these breweries that are actually local to the area, like Jay Wakefield, Invasive Species, Bangin' Banjo, they actually have their own um, 420 events at night that are going on. So if you want to stop by like Invasive Species, Bangin' Banjo, Tarpon River, you know, a few other ones that are in the in the South Florida area and check them out for 420, definitely going to be an awesome opportunity to try some fantastic brews. The sad thing is, is I was kind of bummed about this, is that I assume that a few of these breweries that were putting information out there about can and bottle releases, we're going to do them tomorrow. Seems that they've all kind of jumped the gun and released their beers a day or two early. Um, looks like Invasive Species can release was today. 
Trippin' Animals was yesterday, so there's a few that are out there. I was actually looking forward to going to Trippin' Animals and picking up some cans, and now it looks like when I get there, they're not going to have anything for sale. So bum me out a little bit because I you know, don't always have the time to hit these can releases and bottle releases during the, during the week. You know, Angry Chair did a, uh, did a bottle release, an unpublished bottle release this week that a lot of people were checking out, which was a fudge Imperial Stout that... Um, I would love to be able to get my hands on, but unfortunately, you know, it seems like that's completely sold out at this point. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. I'm going to attempt to try to make my rounds and see who I can hit and if I'm able to pick up any of these cool things because I my goal was to include some of this 420 beer because there were so many breweries around here that had these releases. I wanted to go pick up a few four packs so I can include some of these beers and a couple of these last bombs that I need to get out that have been waiting on me, which guys, I sincerely apologize. I know like, you know, Andrew, my buddy from Chicago and uh, craft dot beer, which is, I forget the gentleman's first name, but one of the guys that we had, I had those bombs destroyed from the USPS and those three bombs that I got back that just got their asses kicked. You know, these guys have been trying to get their packages out, but I kind of decided to hold off a little bit to see what I could pick up during these cool 420 releases because at the end of the day when I send a bomb out to these guys especially in a situation like this where I have previously sent a bomb and there were brews in both of those bombs that cannot be replaced I was attempting to try to do the same thing versus just hitting my my local total wine and grabbing some Florida shelfies for them I want to actually get them brews that will never be able to be found anywhere else and send them to them. And I know, you know, some people have said, wow, well, that sucks because if you can't, what if they like it and you can't get them anymore? Well, at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. And that's not, um, that's not important to me. What's important to me is making sure that these guys have valuable porch bombs that are going to hit their house, just destroy that shit, blow it up. And they're going to try these beers, love every, everything that's in the package, you know, with the exception of maybe a few that maybe were, uh, like I said, taste buds are off or whatever, but I'm going to send them what I know is good, what they love. And I'm going to send them stuff that is our items that we can only get, you know, at certain times down here in South Florida. And that's what this weekend was all about, because my plan was to get these bombs out on Monday after these 420 releases. So for those of you out there that are listening to the show that are part of that group of people that I need to get those bombs out to. Just know that they're coming on Monday. Whether I'm able to pick anything new up for you or not, I will make sure that it's worth your while Monday when they go out. I appreciate you guys. We're 30 minutes in, and I have got to piss like a racehorse. I have not finished this Bozo beer. This thing is still just getting better with every sip. Mm. Damn, it's so good. 17.2% ABV. Holy shit, is boozy. They're the mother. But 30 minutes in, I got to pee. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for listening to my podcast, episode 20 in the books. Look out for episode 21 next week. We're going to talk about what went down on 420. I might even record it early because you never know. If it's that good, it might be worth it. All right, guys. Later.